Listener Production. NASA is sending a spacecraft to the moon, but the mission keeps failing to launch. What's going wrong? I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. NASA's Artemis mission has been plagued with delays, bad weather, and trouble filling up the fuel tanks. The goal is to establish a colony on the moon, but with so many setbacks, many are wondering, is it ever going to happen? Today, Cosmos Magazine journalist Matthew Aegis on the Artemis mission, and when it's finally going to get off the ground. So Matt, a colony on the moon, NASA is really swinging big here with this Artemis mission. Quite big, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Going back to the moon is pretty meta, uh, especially when you want to have a colony for human beings to live there as well. Something straight out of a sci-fi flick. And look, the name of the mission, Artemis, is pretty fitting, I think. And that's because, probably recall, that the original missions to the moon were named Apollo. So Apollo 9, Apollo 10, Apollo 11. Mm -hmm. That mission, Apollo, is named after the Greek sun god. Apollo. And in Greek mythology, Artemis is the mythological twin sister of Apollo. She's the goddess of the hunt. And so I guess it's an homage to the original moon missions as this sort of next step going back to the moon with people. Okay. So what is NASA's plan here exactly? So the Artemis space program is split into three missions. The first one, which we're talking about now, is Artemis 1. So that is essentially the mission to test the spacecraft and see that it does what we're intending it to do, which is to send astronauts to the moon. But in this case, there will be no astronauts on board. It's an uncrewed mission, Mm -hmm. but it will send the Orion spacecraft. So the next Greek mythology thing is that Artemis famously kills Orion. So it's an interesting choice of (laughs) words to call your spacecraft Orion in that case. But here we are. The Orion spacecraft is where the astronauts will be living. That's where they'll spend their time. Artemis II puts people on board. They'll be on board Orion, but the mission itself won't land them on the moon. It will send them into orbit around the moon. Mm -hmm. And then finally, Artemis III, that is when we put people back on the lunar surface, and that's scheduled to take place from 2025. Right. Some of the other stuff, I guess, about the technology as well is that the thing that will send them there is called the Space Launch System, or SLS, and that is the big rocket that is going to propel them into space. It's the most powerful rocket ever built by NASA. There's a lot of force behind it, and that's because it can generate almost 5 million kilograms of thrust when the fuse is lit. I I can't even begin to comprehend what that is, what 5 million kilograms looks like, but apparently it's what's coming out of the bottom of this rocket when it goes into space. It sure does sound like a hefty amount of thrust, that is true. Who is going to be travelling on board? So we're looking at Artemis stage one. As I say, there's no humans on board at this point. There will be, however, some passengers. All right, I'm going to need you to explain to me what that actually means, Matt. Um, So yeah, we'll have inanimate objects on board this one. The inanimate objects are three mannequins, or as they've been called, moonikins. No, Matt, (laughs) I'm sorry. Is that literally what they called them? Yeah, because they're mannequins who are going to the moon. I really hate that. 
Well, those Moonikins, there's three of them, will be sort of dotted, studded with sensors, mm-hmm. and they will be providing and sending information back to mission control here on Earth. So all the forces, all the physical forces that those future astronauts on Artemis 2 and 3 will be subject to is what these Moonikins will be testing for. There are going to be some other passengers. So we've got Sean the Sheep. Uh, he'll be on the mission going up. So he's a little plush Sean the Sheep doll, and that's okay. a, a mascot for the European Space Agency. So they are a, a contributor to this project. They get to pick a mascot to go on it. They've picked Sean the Sheep. Right. Four Lego figurines or minifigures, I think they call them. They'll be going up too. Mm-hmm. And also Snoopy. So they're all riding along as as mascots. And Snoopy has a very important role. Astronaut plush Snoopy will be functioning as the zero gravity indicator for the mission. So when Snoopy goes up, and I guess by up in this case, I mean floating within the module, NASA will know that they've entered a place of zero gravity. And I guess normally we call that place outer space. But the live human astronauts who will be involved in Artemis 2 and 3, there's going to be 18 of them, and they'll be watching very keenly to see what happens in Artemis 1. Lots of planning has gone into this, lots of anticipation. But that being said, Sophie, as we saw in August this year, not everything goes according to plan, and things have continued to go wrong for Artemis 1. So let's step through exactly what's happened with Artemis 1 and why it still hasn't got off the actual ground. What have been the bumps in the road so far? On the day that we're recording this, which is Tuesday, November 8, 2022, a couple of launch windows have already passed us by and there have been two, almost three attempts, if you want to count it, that haven't actually gone ahead. So rather than having a launch date... Artemis and other spacecraft generally have what's called a launch window, typically a period of a few days or or maybe a week when conditions are best to launch. Right. So that first launch window was between the 29th of August and the 3rd of September. But in the wee hours of the morning, about seven hours before that launch window opened, there was lightning storms about five nautical miles off the coast uh, where the launch pad was. In the case of Artemis, is based at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. And NASA has rules around lightning and launches. The chance of lightning needs to be 20% or less likelihood in the first hour of tanking. So tanking is where the fuel tanks are filled up for the rocket that blasts off. Mm-hmm. So that delayed them. But in the end, on that same day, on that same first attempt to launch, there was another hiccup. Okay. And what happened next? So basically they found that one of the four engines in the space launch system had exceeded launch temperature thresholds and couldn't cool it down. Oh dear. So the fuel that you run a rocket ship on, Sophie, is liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen super chilled. So the requirement of those engines to be cooled down to a certain temperature is paramount and therefore it couldn't go ahead. Artemis was then due to go up again at the beginning of September. That was its follow-up launch window after that first scrubbing. But that was cancelled due to a leak in the fuel line when they were trying to fill the thing up again. So that didn't work. And then in late September, it was postponed for a third time. Okay, so I know that I'm not NASA, but if I was NASA, I'd be getting fairly frustrated at this point, Matt. Like, this is nuts. I guess it's probably fair to say that. I think most people would, but this is a very old space agency, the oldest in the world. So they've probably had to do this quite a few times. But Mm -hmm. I think frustration is probably the right word. Um, The third delay was again for a storm, and that was Hurricane Ian. 
So that's the one that recently ravaged Florida in late September and early October and ended up being described as the deadliest hurricane to strike there since 35. So no choice but to delay. And, And when it was clear that that was coming through, they rolled the whole spacecraft, so the rocket, Orion, everything back into the vehicle assembly building at the Kennedy Space Center where it's been staying ever since. It's only recently been rolled back out for this next launch attempt. And during that time, all the spacecraft, all the rocket was re-inspected. A bunch of other checks had to be completed compulsory because there's software that expires and needs to be recertified in order for it to go up. So that's the rocket's thermal protection system, the thing that actually protects the spaceship from intense heat when it re-enters the atmosphere. So even though we've seen the launch window blown out, hopefully, and NASA, the world, anyone that likes space travel is hoping that this opportunity to re-dot I's and recross T's will be all for something when the next launch window opens. Matt, this has been a pretty unfortunate series of delays for NASA and the Artemis mission. When does the next launch window actually open and how are you feeling about it this time? Like, is this the window? Yeah, so the next launch window opens on November 14th local time, so US Eastern time. That window opens at 12.07am in the morning over there in Florida and lasts for 69 minutes. If it doesn't go ahead at this time, NASA will look to go again, either on November the 16th at 1.04am local time or November the 19th at 1.45am local time. Now, whether this launch window is the window, last week NASA had a media briefing which I sat in on and they were very, very optimistic about the prospects. As they were saying, why would we send it up if we weren't ready? They are ready. If you look at the forecast beyond this week, there is a very strong likelihood that the conditions will be really suitable. And with the launch windows that have passed already, we've seen that it isn't necessarily just weather that plays against the launching of a spacecraft. However, clearly NASA is very sure of themselves that they have ticked off everything that is required for this launch. But at the end of the day, for all of us, we're going to have to see what happens right up until countdown hits zero and up we go. Matthew Aegis is a science journalist for Cosmos Magazine. You can read more of Matt's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. Our executive producer is Carla Arnold. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.